It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's going on, Reds fans and baseball fans alike? Thanks for following along with the Locked On Reds podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a really long game that just turned into an L for the Reds against the Padres. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on with a Eugenio Suarez. I got some questions for you, the fan that was at last night's game, and we're going to preview Joe Musgrove against Vladimir Gutierrez. That's all coming up on today's podcast. Thanks for watching and listening. Let's get going. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan, addict, and I just love the Cincinnati Reds. I've turned it all into information for you. Today, we're going to recap a loss to the Padres, something that we've been recapping a lot. Five games, five losses by the Reds against San Diego. And this one, it didn't hurt as much as that dramatic game won in San Diego, but it was pretty frustrating. Uh, We're going to get into all that here in just a minute. Another game that I went to and another rain out that's the second one in or rain delay not rain out uh, second one in a row but long day at the ballpark 
But hey, even long days at the ballpark are good days at the ballpark. Before we get into all that, though, make sure you're following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to and make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Cart with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We're going to get to a bunch of those here on Friday. So get those questions and reactions in. And if you're like me, you're probably a little bit frustrated with last night. Uh, it was a long game. It was an annoying game. The way that that unfolded, it, it's interesting because I saw Lance McAllister tweet early on in the game whenever the Reds were down 5-2. to two, He's like, this feels like the kind of night that the game will end with a position player pitching. Thankfully, it didn't get that bad. The, the bullpen was able to largely hold the Padres in check. Ryan Hendricks came in and gave up a lot of hard contact, a couple of runs. But outside of him, he had five and two-thirds scoreless innings from six pitchers. Yeah, that's not counting Ryan Hendricks or Tony Santion. Eight pitchers for the Reds, eight pitchers for the Padres, 16 pitchers used by both teams. I just... Uh, I understand from San Diego's side of things because Blake Snell was a late scratch from this start with an illness, so we didn't have the whole worrying about facing left-handed pitchers thing, except for a couple of innings against Nick Ramirez, but the Padres' bullpen did their job. Eight innings, and they only allowed four runs, and this was a game that, honestly, if the Reds had won, I firmly expect the Padres to would have been sounding exactly like I'm sounding today. And that is, it was a game of missed opportunities. And if I think both Padres and Reds fans are honest with themselves, it didn't really look like either team wanted to win. I mean, the Padres had 16 runners left on base, 16. And that's ridiculous. The Reds had six. They combined for 22 runners left on base. And the Reds had eight hits. The Padres had 12, but the Padres were able to string together some extra base hits. The Reds had eight hits, seven of them singles. The only extra base hit was Jesse Winker's dinger. So yeah, for the crowd that loves to talk about how they prefer singles over home runs, how we look in today, uh, that's just, uh, it was a frustrating day because it felt like the Reds had opportunities to come back and they just couldn't capitalize. Like I mentioned, a dinger for Jesse Winker. Two hits by our man Joey last night. It's just nobody was in scoring position during those hits, so no 1,000th RBI. Really thought it was going to happen, too, that the only bald eagle flight of the season from the Cincinnati Zoo, uh, Sam the bald eagle, that, that that's always awesome. Like If I can't get the opening day like flyover with the national anthem, give me an eagle flying into some dude standing on the pitcher's mound and, and landing on his arm. That was... That was awesome. But the Reds not able to win last night on the game. It was um, interesting to see. I, I really think, and I could not find anything. I, I'm sure somebody has said something about this, but I was looking for someone to say, you know, Tony Santion was pulled after being hit by that line drive because he finished out that inning, but then he was pulled. I, I don't necessarily know why um i i know he kind of struggled he didn't look his best but he still was limiting the damage that was happening the fact that they had to go to the bullpen so early I i'm glad that it didn't get worse than it was because five runs almost feels like a win when you have to go to your bullpen in the 
fourth inning and when you're talking about the Reds bullpen. But they pitched well. You cannot fault the bullpen for this. This is missed opportunities by the lineup. I know the the Padres have some talented relievers, and Mark Melanson has been doing it for a long time. But even before you got to Mark Melanson, it felt like a bullpen day from the Padres is a chance for the Reds to get a win in this season series that they have yet to do. And will someone please get Tommy Pham out? Oh, my gosh. Every time he comes up to bat, there's something crazy happening that is good for the Padres and bad for the Reds. Just uh, we'll talk more about that here in a minute. But I, I, overall, last night, uh, let's see, had to get a burger. So that was good uh, and got to hang out with some different people. That was fun. Um, and the Reds really were disappointing. But hey. There's always tonight. We'll talk about that here coming up in just a minute. Before we jump into that, though, I've got some thoughts about a Eugenio Suarez and some concerning things that I witnessed at the ballpark. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room, Spotify Bot Locker Room. Now it's Spotify Green Room is the only social sports audio app out there. You can download it on your iOS device and they've also got a beta on Android. I think they might have gone from beta to full beta to whatever. Yeah, it works. Check it out today. The Spotify green room app. You can create a profile, link your Twitter to it, and you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's on the Spotify green room app to get notified when I go live. I'm going to be going live here next week to talk some reds with you. So make sure that you create that profile and get in there. It's I kind of talk about Spotify Green Room like it is the only conference call that you actually want to be on because we're going to be talking Reds. You can also join all kinds of other rooms, whether they be other teams or whether they be other leagues, NBA, NFL, all kinds of stuff they've got going on there. Check it out today. The Spotify Green Room app. Set up your profile, link your Twitter, and follow the MLB group. You can follow me personally. You can also follow the MLB group to see when all kind of different MLB hosts go live. Spotify Green Room is changing the way that we talk sports. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, so last night was frustrating, a, a annoying loss. That was a long experience, too. Another, another rain delay for Jeff at the ballpark this year. And 50 minutes before they even started the game, and then the game itself took three hours and 50 minutes, which 
I don't, man, there were some points in that game. I'm like, good Lord, move it along. I love baseball, but games like that just confuse me. I'm like, why is it moving so slow? But a lot of that had to do with long counts. You had a lot of guys getting deep into the count. And then you had guys walking, you had guys hitting singles, but not going anywhere. It was just frustrating to see from the Reds point of view. And, and like I mentioned in the first segment, if the Padres had lost that game, they'd be feeling the same way too. In fact, they're probably kind of like, oh, at least we got, we got a win in that one. That was too long of a game to not get a win. But the interesting thing that I noticed when I was there at the ballpark were trends amongst the fans. Now, in the middle of the game, whenever the Reds were building a rally and things like that, things were popping. Things, it, was, it was fun. People were getting into it. There was the MVP chant for Nick Castellanos. I love that. That was great. One thing I wasn't really sure about, and uh, I, I think we need to stop because we look stupid doing it, why are we chanting overrated whenever Fernando Tatis comes up to the plate? This dude is probably the favorite to win the NL MVP right now. I mean, it's between like him and Jacob deGrom and Ronald Acuna and Nick Castellanos but I'd probably put him up there at the top and he's got an OPS over a thousand. That's not overrated. And we're also talking about a dude who, I mean, if fans got to be honest, he is the face of baseball now. And if you don't think that, then you probably just got some kind of weird vendetta against him, which I don't know why you would. He doesn't seem like the kind of personality that would have lovers and haters. Now I get, okay, look, he is a visiting player and he's good. So boo him. That's fine. I don't mind booing. Booing is all right. In fact, there's some players that really love getting booed. Nick Castellanos loves getting booed by Cardinals fans. But chanting overrated, is, it makes us look bad as fans. Like if a Orioles fan or if a, or if a Padres fan or just a fan of a different team tuned into that game and was watching a stadium full of people chanting overrated to Fernando Tatis, they'd be like, What's in the water in Cincinnati? What are you guys smoking over there? Like, there's no way that Fernando Tatis is overrated. I'm just, that, that needs to stop. I need to get rid of that immediately tonight. And I know they're, they're only here for two more games, but seriously, that's just, it's a bad look. The other thing that really got to me was later on in the game, this one perplexed me. It's the eighth inning. The Reds are up to bat. They're down by one rally time. Let's go crickets. I mean, everyone was so quiet. We're trying to get some folks going, trying to get some noise going, trying to get the guys rolling. And it sounded like a library. I, I don't, I, I don't get that at all. Look, if you want to say, well, Jeff, the ownership really hasn't inspired Reds fans by spending money on this roster this year. And there are needs with this roster and they haven't addressed them and things like that. That's all well and good. But in the moment, in the eighth inning, Tuesday night, July 29th, when the Reds were down five to four against the San Diego Padres, and we had the top of the lineup hitting, it was go, yeah, go, come on. Oh, oh, okay, okay. It was a ball. All right. Next pitch. Come on, come on. Ooh, okay, strike. Yeah. It was like we were at a golf match. We're at a baseball game. We are baseball fans. We are Reds fans. The Reds are up the bat. They're trying to come back. They're one run down. And we're just sitting there quietly, like, hope he gets a hit. 
man, I hope we get a run here. And if we get a run, I hope the bullpen can do it. Like, who has, uh, why, why is there so much anxiety in Red's country? I get it. We haven't been that successful, like, for my entire life. But when we've got a good team out on the field, as Reds fans, we need to be backing them. We need to be behind them. I'm that loud when I'm at home. My neighbors hate that. But why on earth are you at the ballpark and you're acting as if you don't want to wake the neighbors? Cheer. Have fun. Eighth and ninth inning last night, it was way too quiet in the ballpark. In fact, there wasn't even a woo going on. Like, there's no, not even a woo. I, I, don't, I don't get it. That annoyed me because it's an easy apples-to-apples comparison when you look at the fact that the Reds were in San Diego and San Diego fans are bumping, they're ready to go. And if it's really all about how much money is spent on the roster and it's like a direct correlation of how much money is spent on the roster to how loud the fans are, I'm a little bit concerned for how that's going to look the rest of the season. All right. Uh, let's talk about something else that was concerning. And it's not, I'm not calling out any fans on this one. We got to look at a Eugenio Suarez because he's not looking good. We, we keep talking about, oh man, I think he's turning around. I think he's figuring it out. He's looking good at the plate. He's seeing better pitches. He's doing this. He's doing that. Is he going to get above the Mendoza line by the end of the year? I had somebody text me that the other day. My buddy Dave, he was just like, I don't think he's going to get above the Mendoza line all year long. And a buddy that I was at, I, I was with Austin Elmore, producer for Cincy 360, at the game last night, and uh, he asked me this, and I didn't have an answer for him. He said, whenever Suarez does bad, why don't we boo him and let him know? And I know that there are some fans that have this mentality, and I'm kind of in between. Like, you don't boo your home guys at home. I, I know Yankees fans don't have that mentality, but some fans do think that way. But honestly, we are looking at the dude who two years ago was the easy pick for the face of the franchise, the easy pick for the star player of the Cincinnati Reds, and now he's anything but. And I know some people were annoyed with how he fielded that bouncing ball down the third base line last night. That was a foul ball, but the third base umpire errantly called it fair and Suarez fielded it like he knew it was foul. You know, he just kind of looked it into the glove and didn't really continue on with the play, but the umpire called it fair. So you can argue one way like, okay, he should still finish the play no matter what. There's a lot of guys that do that. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you're right there like he was and you saw it bounce on the other side of the line, on the foul side of the foul line, and you saw it go over the bag foul, I mean, that was obviously a foul ball, and you can't review it, which is ridiculous. Like, if you could, you should go all or nothing with review. You should be able to review it, or you should just get rid of video review, period. Anyway, that's a whole nother segment. Um, but when it came to that play, I wasn't like super mad at Suarez for that because I saw what he was seeing. He saw a foul ball. But at the plate last night, he was lost. Golden Sombrero is striking out ridiculous amount, like 30% on the season. I was looking on Baseball Savant for anything, any positive sign for our man Gino. And he's got a good percentage of barrels, but that's about it. Average exit velocity, way down. Expected weighted on base average, way down. Hard, 
hard hit percentage way down. His expected batting average of 205, which is better than 173, but not by much, is in the bottom 4% of the league. And his strikeout percentage of, like I mentioned, 30.9 is in the bottom 7% of the league. And he's just not walking 8.8% of the time. I, I mean, you look at, you, you try to break it down and you look for anything you can find on Suarez. His line drive percentage is down when it comes to the balls that he actually makes contact with. He has a 19.7% line drive percentage, which is 6% below league average. It's 7% below his career average. He's just not making good contact and the pitches that dominate him. I mean, he's not hitting well against fastballs, but he's definitely hitting better against those than any other pitch breaking pitches and off speed pitches. Just absolutely fool him. He has nine extra base hits total. That's three doubles, six homers against breaking balls and off speed pitches all year long. And he has as baseball savant labels it. 70 batted ball events. So balls that he puts in play, uh, 70 batted ball events, nine extra base hits. I, I, he is just struggling mightily. And the question we have to ask ourselves is when is enough enough? When do the reds have to consider plan B? There should be a plan B. Eugenio Suarez is not untouchable. He is not a guy that the Reds should look at and say, he has to play every single day, come hell or high water. We cannot not have him in the lineup because a good Reds team includes a good Eugenio Suarez. But if Gino's not playing well, you can't just keep running him out there. I mean, we are up to almost the halfway point in the season. The halfway point will be this Friday, which by the way, we'll have a, podcast review of the first half of the season on Friday, but the halfway point game 81 is on Friday. Suarez is still searching for something, anything to grab onto and just completely transform his season, but he's still hitting in the one seventies and he just, he just looks lost at the plate and his, his on base percentage isn't like, it's funny to note because he's he's in the top three in American League catchers, but Yasmani Grandal is hitting his batting average is below 200, and his on base percentage is almost 400. It's an insane split of how well Yasmani Grandal can get on base, even though he has a low batting average. Eugenio Suarez doesn't do either. He doesn't hit and he doesn't walk. He strikes out a lot. If you take away the name and you take away the face, because everybody knows that Gino is a cool dude. Everybody knows that Gino is awesome, super nice, the kind of guy that you want to root for. But just because you're a nice guy does not mean that your performance is moot. Does not mean that we can ignore Golden Sombreros and a 30% strikeout rate. Something there there should at least they should at least be working on a plan B and not just hoping that Eugenio Suarez figures it out because we're kind of getting to the point in the season where it looks like it's literally blind hope is the only reason why he is still in the lineup. And I really want him to figure it out. But right now, he just looks like the performance that we all want from him is the moon. 
And you get, you got to be honest with yourself about that. If you're the Reds and David Bell and Nick Crawl, and, and, and what are you going to do about that? So we'll, we'll see what they do. Hopefully, it's not just sitting on their hands and hoping for improvement. All right, coming up here, we are going to preview tonight's matchup. We have another start from Goody. Vladimir Gutierrez going up on the mound against Joe Musgrove. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Before we jump into that, though, I want to let you know, I, I've been talking about Bilt Bar for a long time now, and if you haven't checked it out, you've got to do it. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Bilt Bar will transform your snack game. It's not something I can keep in the house for very long. Like you can get some kind of like bag of potato chips or something like that. It's going to last a little while. Built bars go like that, man. 100% real chocolate and the stats don't lie. 130 calories, less than four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs and up to 18 grams of protein in some bars. And they've got amazing flavors too. I always talk about my favorite cherry barcia, but they've got peanut butter brownie. They got coconut. They've got raspberry. They've got all kinds of great flavors, and they're always rotating in limited flavors all the time. You've got to check them out at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. And also check out BetOnline.ag. If you're like me, you love all sports, and you've got a good knowledge of sports, I mean, honestly, other than food and Star Wars, I don't know exactly what I know in life, but I know sports. And if you're like that, check out betonline.ag. Set up your profile today. Use the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. That way you can start making some money off that sports knowledge. You can check out lines for the MLB. You can check out lines for the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. They've got MMA, boxing, all that good stuff. If you want to bet on a reality TV show, you definitely can. Betonline.ag has all of that stuff. And from time to time, when I see a tip that I really want to give out that I feel really strongly about, I'll pass that along. Not going to lie. I really thought about taking the over last night. I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because they were one under. So that that's usually how that goes. But I don't have another tip for you today. We'll get you next time around. BetOnline.ag. Set up a profile and type in the promo code locked on to get 50% at it. Onto your initial deposit. I trust BetOnline.ag, and you should too. All right, tonight we have a interesting matchup because we've got Vladimir Gutierrez, who some stats say that he's pitched well, some stats say that he's due for regression, but nonetheless, he remains a very solid starting option for this rotation. He's a guy that whenever Sonny Gray comes back this Friday, I do not expect to see him in the bullpen. I expect to see him remain in the rotation. And in fact, whenever Jeff Hoffman comes back from injury, I think Goody has solidified his spot as the number five starter in this rotation. And I think that that even extends for when Michael Lorenzen comes back, especially because I think Lorenzen will probably be more valuable out of the bullpen anyway. Goody has pitched pretty well. I mean, when you look at some of his peripherals, they are showing that things could probably take a turn down. I mean, even when you don't look at his peripherals, you just look at the fact he's got a 4.34 ERA in the month of June. That's showing you that maybe he is getting not necessarily fatigued, but maybe the game is adjusting to him. Opposing hitters are figuring out how to play against him. So it'll be interesting to see how he pitches against the Padres. The last time he pitched against them was his worst start of the year. He did 
managed to finish five innings, but he gave up five earned runs. He had four walks and four strikeouts and did allow one home run. So how does he fix that here tonight? Because after last night, the Reds really need a decent length uh, of start from him. They, they cannot be going back to the well of the bullpen again tonight when you've, you, you used everybody last night. I mean, Amir Garrett only pitched a third of an inning, but for the most part, everybody else was spent. Brad Brock, and, and I totally forgot that quote, but Brad Brock, he pitched a pretty nice game after allowing one hit. And the one thing that I wanted to mention from him, he had a great quote after last night's game. He said, those are the kind of games you have to win to get into the playoffs and games you have to win when you're in the playoffs. It's a playoff caliber team over there, obviously. It's just frustrating to come up so close and not get the win. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, every single game, it feels like, except for that one Saturday game where they won 8-2, to two, the Reds have been close to beating the Padres, and they just can't quite get there. It's like they're that much, that, that much between them and the Padres, but it's just enough that they cannot overcome it. So let's see if they can tonight with Goody on the mound. They are going up against a guy, though, that it's going to be hard to beat. Joe Musgrove is an impressive pitcher. Right? When you look at his 2.22 ERA, that is a little bit lucky, although his expected ERA isn't much worse. It's 3.27. He is just phenomenal, and he's not a guy who relies on his fastball. In fact, when the Reds see whether it's his four-seam fastball or his cut fastball, that's the pitch they need to get up on because those are the two pitches that are his weakness. His cutter, he's allowing a two eighty-three batting average against, and according to Baseball Savant, even that's lucky. He should be allowing like a three hundred batting average against his cutter and a two sixty batting average against his four-seamer. Those are the pitches the guys kill as well. He's given up 500 slugging percents to each of those, 500 or more. And those are, uh, there's three homers off the cutter, three homers off the four seamer. Here's the thing, though. Joe Musgrove knows that. He throws his slider and his curveball much more than he throws his fastballs. And his slider and his curveball are deadly. He has a batting average against, against his slider of 109 and 50 four strikeouts with the slider. I mean, that's phenomenal. He's given up 12 hits and he's struck out, struck out. That's not a word. He's struck out 54 batters with it. He is going to be interesting to watch tonight. I, I, I love watching him pitch and it's, if I were a pirates fan, I'd just be kicking myself about how they got rid of him for, I, I mean, maybe those prospects do pan out for something, but for right now it's nothing. And when I, I look at his performances, and especially after the night that the Padres just had using eight pitchers, just like the Reds, this is the guy that you want on the mound because Joe Musgrove is going to eat up innings for this team and they're going to be good innings. They're not going to be, you know, four or five run innings. This is going to be a game where runs are at the premium and the Reds are really going to have to rely on Gutierrez to be good Goody and not the Goody that he was in San Diego. So we'll see exactly how that plays out tonight at Great American Ballpark. The one thing I just want, you know what? I, I'm not even going to say I want to see him pitch a shutout or anything like that. I'd love him to limit the damage, you know, just a couple of runs from the Padres. But the one thing that I'm looking at for tonight, for Vladimir Gutierrez, get Tommy Pham out. Look, I'm not, I, I don't dislike Tommy Pham. He has been a good player, and now that he's not a Cardinal, I, I dislike him less. 
<laughs> but this season, holy crap. I mean, when you look at these numbers, they are phenomenal. He has 18 at-bats against the Reds in five games. He has nine hits, and six of those are extra base hits, four doubles, two homers. He destroys the Reds. In fact, when you break it down even more than that, he has 19 total bases against the Reds. That is more total bases than any other team he's played against. And he has eight games against the Diamondbacks. He has nine games against the Rockies. And he has killed the Reds even more than both of those teams. He loves facing the Reds. And I expect to see him in the leadoff spot again tonight. So, Goody, get this man out, will you? Please. And that's how I'm going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching today's Locked On Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to recap this game. I'm going to do a little bit of throwback Thursday segment for you as well. That's all coming up on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds podcast, but that'll do it for us here today. Make sure you get your questions, comments, reactions in on the Lockdown Reds line at 513-549-0159. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Lockdown Reds, but that'll do it for us here today. Thanks again for watching and listening. Now, go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully has a knowledge of baseball present and past, and he imparts it to you each and every day on the Locked On MLB podcast. Check that out wherever you get your podcast. But that's it for me. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.